everybody. Welcome back to Shannon's Lumber Industry Update. This is kind of an off-cycle recording, kind of an emergency recording, if you will, because I want to talk about lumber prices and COVID. Yeah, unless you've been hiding under rock, there's this global pandemic thing going on that seems to be affecting, well, everything. <laughs> Pricing, that is. Absolutely everything. And my inbox, my Instagram, my Twitter has been lighting up lately. People sending me pictures of price tags, price tags from Home Depot and Menards and Lowe's and people who are saying, hey, I'm trying to build this house and holy crap, the percentage increase on framing lumber for my house has just added, you know, an extra $20,000 to my house or $2,000 in some instances, $20,000 in other instances. Yeah, guess what, folks? Framing lumber, softwood lumber in general is really high. 40% up to 80% higher right now. And I'm a little shocked that people are so shocked that this is happening. There is this horrible, horrible thing called COVID that we're living in right now. And it has shut down the supply chain all over the place. More importantly, you have to think kind of broader reaching. Back in February and March, when this whole virus thing started to really come into the forefront and people started talking about lockdowns and talking about quarantine, the guys that are actually out there cutting down the trees, kind of the, the, the pointy end of the spear when it comes to the supply chain, is that the pointy end or the blunt end of the spear? I don't know how that works in the supply chain. Anyway, the start of the supply chain, these guys started curtailing how much lumber was actually being cut down because we anticipated major, major slowdown in the demand for lumber because all the contractors, all the companies, all the construction jobs were being shut down. Well, what people didn't realize, because you know we've heard of unprecedented times, right? All these people were suddenly stuck at home and the DIY bug caught on in a big, big way. How many of you guys have just been sitting at home thinking, you know what, now's the time I'm going to you know, finish my basement, or I think now's the time I'm gonna build a deck off the back of my house, or frame in my closet and reorganize my closet. All of that stuff took your typical DIY construction framing lumber, and holy crap, the supply chain was not prepared for this. Not only was there a shortage in near inventory because the loggers had actually been producing or cutting down a lot less for several months up to this. So near inventory was quite slow. The productions, the sawmills, the treatment plants, all that pressure treated lumber, all that stuff had been shut down, not working at all. So nothing was being produced. Logistically, trucks had stopped rolling, train cars, and train cars supply a great deal of the softwood around the country. That had all been shut down. In fact, there are still train cars filled with, filled with lumber sitting, sitting on the side of the track? I don't know, cars sit on the side of the road. You, got, you know what I mean. There's a distribution yard and there are train cars sitting there filled with lumber that cannot move or don't have anybody to pull them. So this really caused the perfect storm where suddenly the demand for framing lumber went through the roof and no one anticipated that and, you know you can you can budget and forecast what the DIY amount will be but that has always been a very small portion of the lumber industry you know hobby woodworkers complain all the time about how they can't can't get any respect you know they can't get any decent pricing because i'm just a small guy well yeah it is a very small percentage of the overall lumber industry. So as we saw the commercial sector and commercial job sites and, and, and everything start to shut down, 
Everybody kind of braced and kept their head down and went into hibernation. And meanwhile, the consumer market went the opposite direction and everyone was completely caught unawares. Near inventory practically disappeared. It was like toilet paper. It was just gone. You were not going to find any of it. And even now, here we are in September, still in the midst of COVID, but certainly lockdowns have eased. But lockdowns have not eased substantially when it comes to logistics and trucking and rail car uh, movement around the country. Moreover, many sawmills did not weather the storm very well. I've spoken in the past about how sawmills really started to close down left and right during a recession and how hardwood near inventories like poplar near inventory would usually be around 11 billion board feet. It was suddenly now 7 billion board feet. And I know billion with the big B sounds like a lot of material, but when the global demand generally is on pace to consume 11 billion board feet and you see a 4 billion reduction in near inventory, that's a major issue. So already the lack of people actually cutting down the trees, the lack of people actually sawing them to boards, kiln drying the boards, or in the softwood industry, well, kiln drying still, but also pressure treating, that's not there. The capacity to do this work is severely curtailed because many, many of these mills and manufacturing plants shut down and then filed for bankruptcy and did not reopen. So now we're staring at the situation where there's a huge demand and a much, much smaller capacity to be able to reduce what we're talking about. So there are like, for instance, pressure treatment mills and granted, this is not really my area of expertise. I work in the hardwood business and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So um, some of this is just research and making a couple phone calls to guys that I know in softwood plants. But there are several pressure treatment plants that are pushing out material as fast as they can, but they have backlogs of like 2,500 rail cars just waiting, you know, inbound filled with, with raw lumber waiting to be pressure treated. 2,500 rail cars that they need to get through. And at most, a lot of these mills are able to maybe push out 25 a day. I mean, the process is the process. There's really no way to speed it up. So there's only so much you can do when your capacity is, is limited to X. You can increase your capacity by building another plant or opening up another plant. Well, the opposite has been happening. If you used to have three plants to do it, now you only have one. And at best, you're going to see 25 rail cars a day going out. So a lot of the softwood suppliers that I know, um, the typical 84 lumbers and Home Depots and, and things like that, even your local Ace Hardware, are kind of dealing with what they can get. Like the truck rolls in and it's kind of like, well, what's in it today, Bill? I don't know, but we're going to take whatever we can get in all kinds of weird sizes to the point where I'm seeing some of the local mills that are actually sawing lumber to customer demands. This does not happen in the softwood industry. Softwood and framing lumber is standardized sizes, right? Two by four, two by six, two by eight, two by 10, two by 12, et cetera. They're taking two by sixes and sawing them into two by fours and, and to meet customer demand because whatever comes off the truck where it used to be, I got a rail car full of two by fours or two by sixes. Now you've got random width and random length coming in. And the length spec is the real difficult thing where Certainly two by four is a standard size. Two by four by eight is a standard size. When you get into two by sixes and two by eights and joist type material, especially in pressure treated, when we're talking about decks, that length spec can be 12 foot, could be 22 feet. And for the deck builders out there, they are often very concerned about their length spec in order to try to get, you know, a seamless decking board or get a joist that spans whatever the, the substructure of the deck is. So it is crazy right now as not only 
is there a lower quantity coming out of the mills uh, to the actual retailers and distributors, but the distributors are now putting more work, more labor into that cost because they're having to do more transformation, more ripping and milling and cross-cutting there on site that they normally have not had to do before. Now, decking season is coming to a close. You know, it's kind of a summer building season and there's a little bit of a boom in the fall, especially in beachfront communities where as the beachgoers go home, the construction can kind of start back up again. So we will see an uptick in deck building probably through the end of October and then things just really shut down. So we are hopeful that this kind of behind the eight ball thing is gonna be able to recover and people will be able to build up the near inventory again. And ideally come next summer, we should see a, um, shall we say a normalization of the softwood lumber market. But personally, I'm not optimistic for this. There's still so much unknown when it comes to COVID. And you know, there's the, you know, the great hope out there is this vaccine that maybe will show up in January. Well, who knows, right? And, uh, you know, I, my wife is a teacher, so there's a lot of talk there of, hey, this is just the new normal now. And a lot of people are kind of settling into this is not going to end with a calendar year. And we're going to be looking at some lingering effects, if not just the new world order in 2021. So I am not exactly sure if it's just going to be totally hunky-dory and we're going to see the return of softwood lumber prices as they were before. I do think you're going to see a lessening, you know, the 80% increases on some sizes, especially some of the wider sizes, and certainly the longer lengths, that's the really expensive stuff. Your 10, 12, uh, up to 20 foot long pieces of 2x10s, 2x12s, even 2x8s, those are really hit hard. Your 2x4s are up about 30% in some places, 40% in other places. We should see some more of that, that commodity uh, material really come back to more of a normal around November or December. But again, will we see, you know, as, as the DIY market starts to kind of calm down, and more and more lockdowns are released, will the commercial market try to recover? And traditionally, there is a lot of building going on in the fall and winter. As I said before, in the residential market, when people aren't on vacation, if people aren't at their beach houses and things like that, a lot more work can be done. Plus, there's a lot of these commercial contractors that are hurting, and they've got to kind of get a lot more business done before the end of the year in order to meet their projections. So as that DIY market subsides a little, we could actually see the commercial market take a major uptick and the supply issue is not going to get any better, especially when you consider the overwhelming percentage of the softwood market goes towards the commercial sector. So if that comes back strong and maybe even stronger in people's attempt to kind of uh, recoup their losses from the the early part of this year, we could see an even, even greater shortage coming out of the softwood lumber industry. So if that's the case, not to be all doom and gloom because it's the last thing we need in this day and age, but I really personally am not optimistic that we're going to see massive recovery in softwood lumber prices before March or April of next year. And if hopefully the the supply chain, the, the, the guys sawing material and treating and drying um, the, the actual logs, if that has recovered and capacity is back to where it should be, we may still see an increase as the spring uh, demand increase or spring demand goes up. But ideally, if the capacity is there, that lumber price should normalize and drop back to what we normally would see uh, relatively quickly. Now, on the opposite end of that, the hardwood market has kind of done the opposite. 
Um, hardwood has been has been hurting for a while. Uh, you know what I should mention before I move away from softwoods is uh, softwood tariffs have been a looming thing, shoot, since the 70s. But there was a softwood tariff that happened right near the end of last year that had started the increase in softwood prices already. So that truly was the perfect storm. Prices were already in the upswing when logging started to go down and then the virus and the quarantine and the DIY market kicked in. So it really, truly was perfect storm there. I bring that up because on the hardwood side of things, we started to see a massive decrease in the demand as construction was faltering during kind of uncertain times. As commercial sectors started to shut down and all the trim carpentry type work and the things that might call for more hardwoods, uh, poplars, oaks, and a lot of domestics, plus massive tariffs on um, import material. So there was a general shift away from export and into import hardwood species, but there already there was a massive shortage and continues to be a massive shortage in the capacity. It's what I was talking about earlier with the 7 billion board feet of poplar instead of 11 billion. We've already had massive shortages in white oak and red oak, starting to see some shortages, not shortages. I hate to use the word shortage. It's, it's not that they're not out there. It's just there's no one there to fell the tree. There's no one there to take that log and saw it into boards. There's no one there with the expertise to kiln dry that material. Plus, the customers themselves aren't there in large demand. As the commercial sector has really slowed to basically nothing, there are actual lumber yards, hardwood lumber yards, that appear to have a lot of inventory in stock because there's no one buying them. But at the same time, they're almost rationing out that inventory because they have nothing on the horizon. Their buyers are trying to find the species that they do a lot of business in, and they're getting you know, dregs and drags as well and not really certain what they're getting. They can't get the length and width spec that they're normally looking for. Um, lead times on drying is way, way out further than it should be. So you've got a lumber buyer at a local yard who is concerned about where they're going to get their next shipment of a domestic species, let alone an exotic species. So they're trying to you know, hang on to some of their material for what we anticipate would be a bit of a commercial boom as we move into fall and, in, and, and into early winter. As I said before, as the beach season shuts down and um, construction begins at a lot of vacation communities, these lumber yards are kind of hanging on for that. But at the same time, when you have a demand and you have very little inventory, the natural reaction is a price increase. So I can actually expect to see the hardwood market continue to climb in pricing. Hardwood pricing is, is not quite as unstable as softwood. Um, because of the fact that the production period is a lot longer than softwood, from tree to ready to sell softwood is substantially shorter. Um, in many instances, years shorter than the process from felling hardwood to sawing to drying and ready to sell. So the hardwood market is not quite as volatile. We will see some increases in pricing, but it's not gonna be dramatic 80% type things because first of all, the demand is gonna be quite a bit lower than softwood. And as I said, it's, it's a little bit more insulated because of the longer lead times required. But folks, I mean, I don't want this to be a total doom and gloom podcast. It's just a little, um, surprising that people are so shocked by the cost. Now, granted, 80% increases are pretty scary. 
What was interesting is, and I think what's shocking most people is the speed with which these price increases hit. It seems like just a few weeks ago, you were buying two by eights for kind of a normal-ish price. And then over the period of a week, it doubled. And in some instances, went up even higher than that. So I can understand why people maybe didn't quite notice that, oh yeah, maybe it's 10 cents more, maybe it's 20 cents more, but it was still kind of in that same dollar price point. Now suddenly it's a dollar, $2, $4, $8 more per board. And it's really caught a lot of people off guard. And a lot of that, because so many of the DIYers continue to buy their software from large distributors like Lowe's and Home Depot, those large buyers are insulated to some respect. They have buying programs in place with mills where they basically, while they don't own the mill, they are the only customer to that mill. And because of that exclusivity, they've been able to kind of weather the storm and keep the supply going just a little bit longer. And honestly, defray some of that increase in cost without it affecting the cost to the consumer. Well, it comes to be a point where you just can't do that anymore and you have to start raising prices. And I honestly think that many of these big box giants waited too long to start passing on some of these increases to customers. And now they've had to really see a massive increase because now the supply is almost gone. There's just nothing coming in and there's no predictability about what is coming in in sizes. So that I think brings on the majority of the shock because of this pricing increase seemingly overnight. But that's what it's all about, folks. It's pure economics. It's it's less stuff getting cut down, less people can actually saw those logs into trees, and a lot less people who can treat the lumber, whether that be kiln drying or pressure treating for, for exterior material. And then you've got massive logistics concerns. How do you move it from one part of the country to the other when the rail cars are sidelined? When the trucking is not able to move freely from state to state as it was before because of lockdown, because of quarantine. Plus you've just got a lot fewer people who are at work. Lots of furloughs happened. The lumber industry runs on a very, very tight margin most of the time. So when things started going south, a lot of people got laid off really, really fast. So that's the story, folks. It's it's not just a simple answer. and. You know, you can get mad and say people are taking advantage of the situation, but at the same time, if they don't start raising prices, they're not going to be around. And I guarantee you in three months, the prices are only going to get higher. So it, it kind of sucks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It sucks if you're building a new house and suddenly the cost of the house just went up 10%. But the alternative is all of the sawmills go out of business and then there's just not going to be any lumber. So we're going to have to weather the storm a little bit more. I am hopeful that come spring of next year, we can see a bit of a return to normal. But don't be surprised if it lingers around a little bit longer. And don't be surprised if the hardwood market continues to climb well into summer of next year. So there's my kind of emergency update. I feel like we should have some sort of like dramatic music in the background. to, to, to like We're moving to the news center to talk about breaking news here. It's just... It's just what's happening. And for everybody who sent me emails and sent me pictures of price tags, I do appreciate it. I wanted to get this episode out to you and hopefully throw a little bit of logic, a little bit of understanding behind the scenes about what is going on with COVID and the lumber industry. So good luck, everybody. Wear your mask, stay healthy. And, um, you know, if you have lumber in stock in your own shop right now, be very, very, very thankful. And, um, you know, keep your chin up. We will see lumber prices dropping at some point, probably not within the next three, four months though. So don't hold your breath. Normally I would end the show by saying, go buy some lumber. 
<laughs> seems kind of an inappropriate way to sign off. So I'll just say thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.